0: What's up, Redeemed Church? Hey, it's me, your friend, Eddie Johnson here. Uh, I'm so excited uh, to be sharing with you guys this week. Uh, It's a standalone week. uh, As we finish up our series, we talked about James. We talked about uh, the end times the last few weeks with Pastor Dave. Uh, And this week, it's kind of a standalone week uh, where I get to share with you guys. And and I was praying about, man, what is it that uh, I'm going to share this week? And and as I was praying, a few different things came to my mind. But before I get to the subject, can I just tell you how much I love being a part of this church family and this church community and how much I love being on this Redeemed Church teaching team with Pastor Dave and Dr. Marty? I mean, we have such a great team. And and one of the coolest things about being on this teaching team is that we are not um, an itinerant traveling evangelist that's flying in that's going to give you like the sermon that's going to make you. Laugh, cry, weep, shout, jump, holler. I mean, those things might happen, and there's nothing wrong with that. I am a Pentecostal, loud, crazy, hyped up guy. I love Jesus. I love the Holy Spirit, and I love getting hype, and I love the emotional part. But there's a really cool thing about when you have an in house teaching team is that you can come back as a family. You can come together, I should say, as a family. We can sit and talk as a family. We can talk about the highs and the lows as a family. We can talk about the areas where we need to grow and do better and we can celebrate the things that we have done well so when marty and i come up it's not just to give you inspiration even though that's part of it It's not just to give you information, even though that's part of it. It really is an impartation. It's an exchanging, right? In Romans uh, chapter one, Paul said, I long to come to you and impart a spiritual gift into you um, that you and I might be mutually encouraged. So when uh, the teaching team gets together, when we pray about what God has for us, or when we're doing a solo week like this week, it's exciting for us to do this because uh, we get to think, man, what can I share with my family? How can I interact the with my family, Redeem Church, and how can I talk in such a way that we have family business, that we have family time together, we talk about what God is doing and how we're gonna grow. And that's what today is all about. It really is just a family conversation. Like, who are we as Redeemed? What are we doing? What are we up to? And as I was thinking about those things, it got me thinking about our core values as a church. Do you guys know our core values of the church? It's four things. If you wanna cheat, you can go on our website, website click on on the about page and it'll give you the four core values but if you know them by heart or if you have to cheat and go find them here are our core values and they're listed on our website in one order I'm actually going to give you the reverse order they're listed in and that's important because it's going to tie into what we're going to talk about today but here they are our four core values as a church we believe in being a body of of diversity, right? We strive to be a body that reflects the diversity of our community. Right now that word diversity means a lot of things, right? And, and, and really right now, the word diversity is being used to bring a lot of division or people are perceiving it in a way where it brings division into the body or division amongst people. But diversity was never meant to bring division. Diversity was supposed to bring unity. That's the entire idea of who God is, right? He is a diverse God, Father, Son, Spirit. We're a diverse body arm leg head the whole bit right and the body in its diversity come together to make a beautiful unity so so that's one of the cool things about redeem church is we're a diverse body that comes together in unity one of the other cool things about redeem church is our core value is we want to be a bridge to the broken poor marginalized people who need a touch who need love who need someone who will put their arm around them, and say, I love you, and not just I love you, but let me be there for you, right? We want to be bridges. We want to build bridges to the broken, so that's what we do. As redeemed church, we want to be a body of diversity. We want to build bridges to the broken, and we want to have bilingual faith, and and I remember about a year ago, you can go back in the archives, right? Hit up the sermon series. You know, if you ever ever do that, every once in a while, I say a couple times a year, I'll just like scroll through, Um, old sermons and sometimes I'll click on one. I'll be like, hey, let me just listen and and hear where we were at um, a year ago this time. Well, about a year or so ago, I got to actually talk about bilingual faith, right? Bilingual faith means I speak the language of heaven and of earth. That means I hear from the Holy Spirit what God wants me to share with people. And then I figure out, hey, how can I make this palatable? How can I make this culturally uh, uh, sensitive and timely, for this moment right now? How can I communicate complex truths of God and of the Holy Spirit, right? How can I communicate that to the world and to a people that need to hear it? That's bilingual faith, right? We wanna speak those two languages. How can I interpret the words of the Father for people today? So that's one, that's two, that's three. And number four is what we're gonna talk about today. And our fourth core value is this. It's this idea of bold engagement. Hey, like I told you, you can cheat and go on our website. And I did that too. I mean, I knew all four, but I wanted to get like the subheading, you know what I mean? The subtext and all that stuff. And and this is what we have on our website. And this is important to note, right? We are a body that boldly engages our faith with a passion to be people who others are inspired by the way they live, right? We want to be a body. We want to be a people that are so Passionately filled up with a love and joy and grace and peace and mercy of God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ and of the Holy Spirit that we are engaging in every single facet of life every single facet of community, every single facet of culture, in our family, in our school, in our work. We want to be completely locked in. We do not want to be passive. We do not want to be bench warmers. We do not want to be people who are acted upon. We want to do the acting coming out of the love of God. And hey, and if we're going to be really honest, Really honest, right? Let's, yo, yo, let's get, let's, okay, where, okay, if you're sitting in your chair, if you're listening on the podcast, if you're sitting at home on your couch, watching on YouTube, whatever you're doing, all right, get loosened up because I'm going to get real spicy, all right? I'm going to get real spicy here for a second, okay? All right, here's what we need to recognize is this, is right now more than ever, we're in a season of life, a season of the world where this world needs to see some believers who are boldly engaged in community and culture and in the world, Right? We've got elections coming up, we've got tensions, we've got pandemics, we've got conspiracy theories, we've got plans, we've got attacks, we've got ideas, we've got thoughts, we've got things that are good, things that are bad, we've got things that are way over our head that we don't understand and we have things that we're dealing with every day and wrestling. We've got people unemployed, people in pain, kids that are are going to school online and are missing their friends and missing their relationships. There is so much chaos in the world right now so much chaos in the world right now. Now more than ever, hear me church, I'm not just giving you some platitude. I'm not just giving you some, hey, this is great type of stuff. I'm being super real right now. Now more than ever, we need a body that's going to be engaged in this world. We need to be aware. We need to be paying attention. We need to have our eyes open and our ears open and our hearts open. Right? We need to be paying attention to everything that's going on, and we need to be listening and ready to respond with the love of God in each and every situation. So, as a church, when we think about our core values, we think about the things that make Redeem Church, Redeem Church. We're no better than any other church in in the 253 or in the world, but for whatever reason, God's put us all together and given us a specific calling, a specific mission, and a specific purview to do to have bridges to the broken, bilingual faith, um, uh, body of diversity, and bold engagement. God's brought us together as Redeemed Church in the South Sound, in the 253, Lakewood, Stillicum, UP, uh, DuPont, and all over. He's brought us all together so in such a time as this, we can really do this thing that God has for us. This is what God has for us, Redeemed Church. Uh, as I was thinking about who we are as a church and I was thinking about what God has for us, I was reminded many moons ago, okay, many moons ago, all right, uh, I was in eighth and ninth grade. I actually volunteered at a, a place called the Teen Resource Center, yes, you heard that right. Teen Resource Center. All right, so this was like eighth and ninth grade. I'm about to turn 39 in a little bit here, so you can do the math and figure out how long ago that was. Uh, And when I volunteered at this place called the Teen Resource Center, the Teen Resource Center was all about um, teenagers helping other teenagers, right? So if kids needed tutoring help, if kids needed um, um, a a safe place to hang after school, if you needed like counseling, advice, if you needed any type of social help, the Teen Resource Center was a place where you could go and you could get the help you needed to direct you to where you needed to go. And I volunteered there for a couple of school years, got some school academic credit, uh, you know, looked good on a resume type. Of thing trying to get those fat dope college applications and trying to get those cool scholarships. So I volunteered there for a couple of years and I had a great time. And anytime a student volunteered at the Teen Resource Center, you had several steps you had to go through to become a student rep or a student volunteer at the Teen Resource Center. And, and I don't remember all the steps, but I do remember the last step. Really, it wasn't just the last step. It was kind of the last and the first step. And, and that step was you had to memorize the mission statement of the Teen Resource Center, okay? And and, 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 uh, like I said, it's been a few years, but still to this day, I I don't remember every specific word, and I might get them out of order, but I still remember the mission statement to this day. The mission statement is this. The Teen Resource Center is the interface between teens and community resources that helps teens teens make use of the resources available. I'm gonna say that one more time, okay? The Teen Resource Center is the interface between teens and community resources that helps teens make use of the resources available. Kind of crazy, kind of a mouthful, I know. But still, almost 30 years later, I remember the mission statement that I had to memorize to be a volunteer at the Teen Resource Center because they wanted to make sure that anyone who came and volunteered, high school student, middle school student, adult, that you understood why we are here. Church, that's why I just talked about the core values. I want to remind you why you came on a Saturday night to church, why you're listening to this podcast, why you're sitting in front of a YouTube screen and listening to me, some weirdo, talk about God and Jesus and community and church. It's because you know that there's a reason why you're here. You're here because Jesus has done something great in your life. You're part of an amazing body of Christ called Redeemed Church, and we get to do this together. That's why we're here. We're here to see God do something amazing in the 253. We're here to see God do something amazing in our community. We're here to boldly be a part, to boldly engage with everything God has for us in our community. That's why we're here right now, okay? That's the preamble, all right? I haven't even opened up the Bible yet. I'm just giving you like the setup, all right? I'm just setting up all the situations for you. Now that you're here, now that I got you reeled in, let me tell you what's really going on right now, okay? As I was thinking about, well, how do we engage boldly? How do we connect how do we boldly engage uh and how do we live out our core values as a body of christ I-, I was thinking about a bunch of different verses i had i had so many verses come to my mind and i was thinking and i just was praying for you praying for the body praying for the crew here at Redeem church praying that god would would reveal to me what to share with you guys what he was doing and then i came across one of my favorite chunks of scripture in the bible And it's really not just one of my favorite chunks of scripture. It's honestly probably my favorite prayer in the Bible. It's the Apostle Paul praying for the church and the churches in in Ephesus. So it, it was not just to one church, but really... It was to all the churches in this area of Ephesus. It was uh, these writings that were passed down and passed along from church to church to church. And it picks us up in Ephesians chapter three. And, and, and really, uh, normally I would pause and I would pray right now, but this is a prayer already written in scripture. So as I read this scripture, okay, close your eyes, listen in and make this your prayer. Make this our prayer. We're all gonna agree together in Jesus name. This is our prayer for this message right now. OK, here we go. For this reason, I bow. I, for this reason, I bow my knees before the father for whom every family in heaven on earth gets its name. According to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength. We're going to come back to that to comprehend, we're gonna come back to that as well, with all the saints, the breadth, the length, the height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that which surpasses all knowledge that you may be filled to all the fullness of God. Verses 20 and 21, we'll finish up. Now, to him who's able to do immeasurably more than uh, we could ask or think, according to the power that is worked within us, to him be the glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen and amen. That's our prayer today. Paul prayed this prayer for the church because he said, man, this is what I want for you guys. This is what I have. This is what I believe the Lord has for us. And as I was reading through this and I, I, I... Cracked up in my Bible, cracked up in the commentaries, cracked up in all that stuff to really dig deep in it. I was fascinated because in verse 18, it has this line. It says that you may have strength to comprehend. And that phrase right there is the linchpin phrase of this entire conversation we're having right now. Literally, those four or five words, depending on what translation you're reading, it's four or five or six words. OK, is actually only two words. It's only two words in the Greek. It's only two words. It's literally this. It's eh, I'm gonna, I'm going to butcher this, but we just going to ride this out together, okay? All right? It's the first word is excessively eh, eh, See, I'm just going to make up my own word, but really you know what it is. It's excess a huo, all right? Excess a huo uh I'm terrible at that stuff, but I promise you I did the study. Two words makes up this whole phrase. And I want to break down what these two words mean because when we read this, we just read may have strength. Oh, that's a good feeling. That makes me feel great. Yay, the Bible is fun. No, these two words are maybe the most boldly engaged words, if I can just say that phrase, in all of scripture. Okay, I'm going to work backwards again and I'm going to start with this word comprehend where we just read comprehend in the Bible. That word is lambano. Comprehend actually doesn't do a really good job uh, of of explaining uh, the fullness of that word. That word, katsulambano, which means comprehend, is really just means more. When we think comprehend, oftentimes we think, okay, I'm studying, I'm understanding, I've meditated, I've done this passive act where I've thought about something and I understand what it means. No, it actually doesn't mean that. It's an active word. It's actually, katsulambano is a military word. It's a military word that back then was meant for use for attaining and capturing and having a goal. So in the military, when they would say they had a goal to get something, to grasp something, to hold on to something, to obtain it, to dominate it, to bring force over it, that would be katalambano. That's what that means. Another time it's used in scripture is when Paul talks about in Philippians chapter three, when he says, I forget what is behind me, but I strain for what is ahead because I want to own what God has for me. It literally means to grab a hold of what the Lord has for you. You've been apprehended by something. So when we read this, we don't just think about this in a way that says, man, I, I, I'm thinking about this idea and I know what it's like. No, literally this means that I want to grab a hold of what God has for me. I want to seize it and I want to make it mine. That's the second word. The first word, ek huo, ha or whatever that stuff, okay? Look it up. I promise I'm going to explain it right even though I can't say it right, Okay that word is, this is the only time this word is found in scripture. The only time. It's a built, it's a compound word of a couple of Greek words, but it's the only time it's found in scripture. And it's put together of two words. And basically it means this. It means that I, I want you to have um, the, uh, the uh, full strength. I want you to have this fullness of an ability. I want, you to be, I want you to be more than able. I want you to grab a hold. I want you to be strengthened within your strength. I want you to have this fullness that gives you strength, this strength and this epitome. That's the word I'm looking for. This epitome of strength. Okay, so when we put the two words together, the only time this word that you may be strengthened is used in the Bible. It means I pray that you would have all the strength you can muster, strength on strength, the epitome of strength to forcefully lay a hold of something, grab a hold of something and don't let it go. When Paul's prayer for Ephesus, and it's my prayer, it's our prayer as redeemed church, is redeemed church, I pray. That you would have the epitome of strength, that in your very inner being that you would have strength upon strength to forcibly say, to apprehend something, to grab what the Lord has for you and lay a hold of it. Man, that changes everything. It's not a passive action. It's not something where we're just sitting by singing kumbaya and all that stuff. No, it's an active thing where Paul is praying. I pray that you move. I pray that you go. I pray that you attack. I pray that you take a hold of this and that God would so richly bless your life. Man, that's powerful. That that Paul's prayer for the church was to have so much strength to grab a hold of what the Lord has for you. After I read that, after I saw those two words, I had a couple of observations that I wanna dive into now. Cause really, those two words, when you put them together, that's bold engagement. So I was thinking about bold engagement based off Paul's prayer and how it relates to Redeemed Church in 2020. I had four observations. Here they are. When we forcefully, when we have the epitome of strength then we apprehend what God has for us. When we commit to bold engagement, recognize this, bold engagement is an act of faith, right? The first thing Paul says in verse, the first thing Paul says in verse 17 is he says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, right, right? This whole process starts with faith. It starts with this thing that's saying, hey, I believe and I have decided. I believe, therefore I'm gonna go. I believe that Jesus is better than any other deal in this solar system. I believe Jesus is better than any other philosophy on this earth. Jesus is bigger, better, and better than any other political idea or agenda. I believe I'm going to operate in a world of faith that says I'm going to move forward. Bold engagement is an act of faith. It's an act that says I stand on the side of him who has set me free. The second observation I have is this. Bold engagement is a group project. All right. Let me read this to you. All right. In verse 17 and 18, I'm gonna keep going. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and established in love may have the strength to comprehend or that you might have the epitome of strength to apprehend with all of the saints. Right. Paul's prayer wasn't for an individual gospel. It was for this gospel to be lived out in community, to be lived out in all the beauty and all the tension and all the diversity. Hello. Come on now. All of the beauty and tension and diversity of community, right? At the beginning of this prayer, Paul says, I humbly bow down before God for whom the entire family of heaven and earth derives its name. Right? Did you catch that? Bold engagement is a group project. It's not a solo mission. There's no Rambo. There's no James Bond. uh, There's no Jason Bourne that's going to win this prize. This is a team effort. This is a team Super Bowl. This is a team World Series. This is a team NBA championship. There's no Lone Rangers. Bold engagement requires all of us. Bold engagement is an act of faith. Bold engagement is a group project. Bold engagement cannot be divorced from love. That's my third point. Let me say it again. Bold engagement cannot be divorced from love, right? We keep reading in verse 17 and so on. It says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted in love, you being rooted in love may have the, the epitome of strength to apprehend with all the saints the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. Wow, right? Bold engagement is an act of faith. Bold engagement is a group project and bold engagement cannot be divorced from love. The very thing we are striving for, church, is to love God more, to love each other more, to love all that he has for us more. We're not just after his gifts, we're after him. We 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 have made our bullseye the heart of the Father. And we say, we're going to go for that. We made our bullseye the heart of the Father. So that means we got to love people. Love God, love people. The two greatest commandments. Bold engagement cannot happen apart from love. They, they, they are hand in hand. They are two sides of the same coin. When you're engaging boldly, it means that you are radically in love and you are ch- pursuing your beloved. The same way where God pursued us. He boldly engaged with us. He's asking that we would boldly engage with him that we would love him and we'd love each other. Quite frankly, love is the only reason to even have bold engagement. One more time, bold engagement is an act of faith. Bold engagement is a group project. Bold engagement cannot be divorced from love. And last, and last but not least, bold engagement is a God-sized endeavor. Bold engagement is a God-sized endeavor. Let me free, finish reading the final few lines of this verse. That you'd have the epitome of strength, that's verse 18, to comprehend or to apprehend or to seize or to grasp or to go after with all the saints. That You would know the length, width, height, and depth of the love of Christ, which surpasses all knowledge. And then it says this, that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do even far abundantly more. I think the NIV says immeasurably more than we could ask or think. I think the NIV also says, ask or imagine according to the power that is has worked within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Do you hear the timeline here? The timeline here of bold engagement is not for 70 years of life. It's not even for a a, a father to a son. It's not even from a father to a son to a grandson or a grandmother to a daughter to a granddaughter. The, The timeline of bold engagement is eternity. What we do right now, what we do now, what we dream, what we pray, what we pursue, what we apprehend right now moves in eternity it affects generation after generation after generation. And, and it's not just generation, but it does big things. It does amazing things. It does immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine because it's a God-sized idea. It's not limited to the scope of humanity. How many of you guys love the movie Gladiator? I love the movie Gladiator. I love the line where I believe it's Maximus. He says, what we do now echoes into eternity. Bold engagement for redeemed church will echo into the 253, into the Pacific Northwest, into the entire world, a church that's boldly engaged. If you were to read Ephesians chapter three, we could come up with tons of more observations. Matter of fact, I actually had to keep it to only four because I had about 35,000 more things I could have said. But I wanted to hone in right here because church, over the next several weeks, over the next couple of months that we have remaining in this calendar year, where is it that you can be more engaged, boldly engaged? Is it in your home? Is it in your business? Is it where you serve? Is it where you help? Is it in your community? Is it with your neighbors? Is it with school? Where is it that you need to be more boldly engaged, believing by faith what God is going to do In you and to you through love what do you need to take a hold of and apprehend and grab and say Lord I am gonna hold on to what you have for me because I want to be fully engaged and fully locked in and bringing your love your glory your mercy your hope your peace your so on and so on to my world regime can I pray for you hey Last thing, if you are not, you haven't joined a life group, join a life group. The life group this week, I'm telling you, life group is the perfect place to start practicing your bold engagement. Join a life group this week, jump in and lock arms with that community of believers, with that community of saints, and say, hey, I'm here, I ain't going nowhere, we're gonna do this, I want to grow you, I want you to grow me, and I want us to grow together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this great time. Man, Lord, would you help us be engaged more boldly than ever? Would you help us to have the epitome of strength, to be so strengthened, Lord? God, that we have the strength to apprehend all that it is you have for us, that we would grab a hold of the love, the hope, the joy, the peace, and all that you have for us, Lord. God, help us to embol gauge in our world and our community. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Hey, final words, I say it most of the time when I'm done speaking. If you haven't heard me say it before, you can hear me say it now. I love you, God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Hey, join a live group, we'll see you next time.